Well, welcome to A Voice in the Distance Ministries, as today we're going to be in the book of Psalms. And it will be a blessing to eventually get there to teach this book in its entirety. You know, some people like to dabble in the Word of God. I myself like to devour in it. But I have found that even the little parts have more than meets the eye. And we're going to be looking at Psalm chapter 95, verses 6 through 7 only, because the Lord had put on my heart, as I like to do from time to time, to do a special message. And some refer to them as uh, topical messages, but I prefer special messages, referring to something of particular observation or need. And the title of this message is The Essence of Worship. And if there was someone who knew the essence of worship, it was one of the main authors in the book of Psalms, who was King David. And I, I look at the book of Psalms in his writings and observe his life and his hardships, his good times and his pleads to God and his time of giving thanks. And, and what was noticed was his worship toward God was always there. We, we run into people that are going strong with the Lord and, and then the trials begin. And then you ask them how, how that person's, uh, how's it going, you know, how are you doing with the Lord? And then when some get honest, they tell you, well, I've kind of stepped away from him or I'm not really in fellowship with God right now. And we ask why. And, and it's typically he stopped blessing me. He, he brought trials into my life. He took away my possessions, you know. And that happened to King David and then some. And yet he stayed the course with God regardless of what was to come. There was a time where God blessed him so much that he actually sat down and asked God, why? Why me? Who am I to deserve such things, even recognizing his downfalls? And that's when God really seemed to work in his, in his and in the lives of others, you know, in the life of David and in the life of others, when they actually recognized that. The essence of worship should be the focus in every day and in every sermon. So if I may, I would like to share why this particular message. And again, it is vital in every message, first and foremost. But as for me, there was a reason and a mission for this particular message. The reason for it was that I, wasn't, I was not worshiping the Lord as I could or should have. My worship was in the form of doing and doing, teaching the word, involved in worship music, but, but in playing it. Doing service works of different sorts. Doing church administrative duties. And I am still active by all means. But there was something missing, something lacking. As in everyone, there is something lacking. But I found my, in myself that true worship was missing. That was one thing that was a gap in my own personal walk in life. And I'm not sure what lacks in every life. Only God knows. But you deep down know what lacks, just as I did. The key was recognizing, the key was recognizing it and drawing near to Him to fill what is missing. You know, if we get thirsty, we do not hesitate to drink a glass of water. But yet, we are willing to spiritually dehydrate ourselves to the point of shutting down, like we would in physical terms. And that was the reason for this message. The mission of this message is to remind or to prevent. Remind us to not lose focus and to prevent us from doing just that. I may be speaking for myself, 
But I know that I'm also speaking on behalf of many others that I've spoken to. And when we lose our focus of worshiping the Lord, there is so many things that could tend to happen to us that we never seen coming. We always think that we're doing right by uh, by doing certain things for the Lord and in his, in his name is which we should. But nothing is more precious than actually sitting and actually spending time with those you love dearly. And when we stop doing that, we are really missing out on something. We're missing out on something precious. And, you know, we can, we could look back on certain things with people, certain memories. Do y'all, do you remember when we did this together and we did that? And, but I'll tell you, the most intimate moments that you've had with certain people, with just being with them, spending time with them, is priceless and unforgettable. And that is truly, I believe, missing a lot in, in our walks with God at times. And I, I do this to help prevent. To, to help prevent, because I'm, I'm guaranteeing you that, that everything will be better. Everything will be better with our walk. Everything will be better with everything we do when we're doing for Him and with Him. So let's take a look here. We're going to be taking a look at Psalm chapter uh, 95. Two verses. Two verses only I want to read to, to wake us up a little bit. It says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice. I remember hearing stories from people who have been to the places where uh, shepherding is still active and, and people actually live in tents in the areas where they travel. And uh, the visitors that would uh, talk to these shepherds, would uh, they would actually demonstrate how the sheep will obey only the shepherd. And one guy that was visiting said that he actually yelled out a command in the language that they spoke and the sheep ignored him as he yelled out at the top of his lungs. He was very loud. And they ignored him. They kept going in all directions until the shepherd spoke. And then all of them lined right up. And I remember hearing an account. It was during the time of World War One. I, I guess some, some Turkish uh, soldiers were trying to steal some, uh, some sheep in Israel as the shepherd was sleeping. Well, he was awoken by their noises in the back. And he seen them being let off. But he had no way of fighting the soldiers. So the only thing he could do was he started calling them out by their names. He was calling the sheep by their names. And the sheep turned right back around and came back. And the soldiers, they couldn't stop him or they couldn't control him. They ended up uh, losing them and they came back to the shepherd. And, and the world has a way of leading people away with things. But the voice of the shepherd... The voice of God is what leads them back to him. You know, King David, again, knew well of, of that, and, and so many has others in our day and age, right? So as many others in our day and age have actually attested this. But he made a comment that stood out, and that was, if you will hear his voice. See, the essence of worship means to be putting someone first. Okay, to be infatuated with them in every aspect. But the worship is, is to go to God. The infatuation, the love and honor that we give to those 
who we admire in some form is being taken away from the one who truly deserves it. And I will never forget asking a group once that I was teaching. I asked them to tell me about some, tell me about someone closest to them, right? Whoever it might be, your sibling, your best friend, your mother, your father. Tell me everything you can and all of their attributes, their qualities, their downfalls. And everyone was able to give an answer and with ease. And then I asked them to tell me everything they could about God. And then complete silence was in the room. See, those who could talk about God and know him best knows that there are no uh, downfalls to him. There's no bad qualities. So why would we not want to seek him and worship him over that of someone else or something else? The voice of God doesn't have to be loud, especially when you're standing or walking near him. (laughs) We know we're guilty of hearing our parents loud and clear when, when we were asked to do something and we ignored it. The problem is that God is going through the same thing with the people of all ages, you know. And I'll tell you another true story that I heard that I thought was fascinating. This was about an American, a Native American man who lived in upstate New York. And he had the ability to hear the slightest things that other people couldn't. And a friend of his from the city invited him down to uh, downtown Manhattan to check out the city as he'd actually never ventured down there before. And so he took him he took him up on the invite. And he said that they were walking around downtown Manhattan and with all the noise of the traffic and the people. This Native American man was able to pick up on the sound of a cricket. And he asked his friend from the city, he says, "Do you hear that cricket?" And the guy, you know, in shock, he says, "No. How could you hear that?" And he and then he asked him, "Do you have like some sort of hearing device or some sort of bionic hearing?" And his friend said, no, I just have the ability to block out certain noises to, uh, to things around me as they, as they, and then they looked in the bush near them and there it was, the cricket and the noise. And the other, the other friend had to really pay attention to it though. But that is definitely a gift. But even more so when we're able to block out the things around us to hear the voice of God and not ignore it. When we see the writings, to sing to the Lord, praise the Lord with all heart, mind, and, and the writers are not making a suggestion, it's a command. We should not have to be told to sing or praise, we should just do it because, you know, we shouldn't be doing it just because some cheerleader riled us up. You know, praise, praise the Lord for encouragers, but it's in us. Without the help of someone, right? That's, that's the key. It's in us without the, the help of somebody else. As I mentioned, I brought up my own personal experience in this, and, and praise be to the Lord for guiding and showing me what was missing. You know, the Lord led me to a, a while back to a church that I actually, I knew of. It's not far from me. Um, and the Lord led me just to go over there and worship with, uh, worship Him with other God-loving and fearing people. And I did just that. And what a filling of the Holy Spirit. You see, I'm a percussionist, uh, but I'm not much of a singer. But I, I became one of a handful who sang because there was no live worship in the Wednesday services. Uh, they play music over the speakers and, the, and on the screen. And then a few microphones are given uh, to the people who sing. And one day my teenage son and I came and we were the only ones there when it started. And the pastor, who was a dear friend and brother of mine, 
right now handed me my son and I microphones. And he said, well, guys, we're going to have to bark this one out together. And my son and I looked at each other and were like, oh, man. <laughs> well, for the first couple of songs, it was just the three of us. And then others rolled in and grabbed the microphones. And when the collective worship came in, man, what a night of worship. And at times I am still singing with a microphone there. It's really neat that I still get handed a microphone. We didn't do too bad, the three of us. You know, it was a moment that I will never forget. Singing to the Lord with my son and my dear friend, even though no one showed yet, we still gave it our, our all, regardless of the numbers. See, but when others come together to sing out loud, there is nothing like it. When we sing to him, it's a joyful noise. And I love it when I'm in that little building on Wednesday nights. I tell you, it's like a burst of light blasting out of that ceiling into the heavens. It's kind of like a lighthouse shining. It's, it's light to make known where there is safety and refuge. And the Lord inclines his ear to such praise. In the beginning of David's popularity before he became king, you know, women used to, in the streets, used to sing out loud about David. And, and, you know, it was impressive when people are singing about you. But it shouldn't be the emphasis as the, as the praise goes to our Lord. See, the Psalms and what we read are actually praise songs written mostly by King David, you know, to the Lord. Uh, written to the Lord. A lot of our modern day worship music came from the book of Psalms, believe it or not. But David was a very talented musician and poet. But more than anything, he was a child of God who recognized the author and finisher of his life. You know, singing to someone is a form of admonishment and love. As we like to sing happy birthday to the one we're celebrating, you know, you, you see at times the joy and happiness of the gathering in your honor. But again, the Lord is the guest of honor every day. The Lord has dominion over all things and us, yet he has this special relationship with us that is deeper than even that of our closest friends on earth. We give much to our authority, our authority figures right here on earth in the, in the forms of admonishment and praise. And a lot of times it's done in false pretenses though. Not all the time, but much of it is in order to receive security or advancement. But yet we forget about the one who holds every move in his hand. He is the author of our lives, but also the author and giver of our blessedness. If you, if you have had the blessing of reading the Bible from beginning to end, you will see through thousands of years, numerous people in different places have, uh, have been worshiping God. Even kings, prophets, everyday people giving praise. And I guarantee God showed the same appreciation and love to the farmer singing to him as he did to the prophet praising him. And I love what Isaiah 25 uh, verse 1 says, Lord, you are my God, I will exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness you have done wonderful things. Things planned long ago. And Isaiah, one of many who recognized and exalted God, because he knew that God, and only God, can complete his plans and fulfill a promise. Can you remember the prayers that he answered, right? Your own, in your own personal prayers. And also the doors that he shut. And though we do not always like it when that happens, we, we, should, we should be praising him just the same, because he loves us so much that he prevented us from a form of disaster that we never seen coming. Our God is omnipotent, all-ruling, omnif- omnif- uh, omniscient, all-knowing. 
omniscient, omnipresent, everywhere, at any place at time. He is omni, which just means all. See, we praise him for all things, his greatness, faithfulness, and, and overall goodness. Good to, good to the undeserving, so he can help us to get to a place that is pleasing to him, that we may recognize ourselves that he is just, loving, and most of all, holy. And like David and Isaiah and many others, see, they praised God on their own, observing the matters and why they praised God. It has been said before that we as his children may be able to show our faith, but God always shows his faithfulness. And we've, we've seen the writers of the Bible show their love and admonishment to God as the ones to reveal him and his glory. But, but does it stop there? I, I should hope not, because we would have no reason for the hope that he has given to us. This message was to remind us to look at the things that God has done and what he continues to do. What is your story? What is your testimony through the years? See, I, I give examples of things not to make it about myself. I, I personally cannot stand it when preachers make it about themselves or their wives or, or, you know, or whatever it is, you know, because it takes away from God. But certain things he did in my life or yours should not be secret when he allowed it for his glory. Versus that of making uh, personal family members or ourselves the star attraction. We are merely just witnesses of his love, mercy, and glory. Many will say, God, here is my plans, bless them. But who will say, God, here is my life, use it? See, the two most important questions in life is, first, how do I receive eternal life and become a child of God for those who aren't saved? And then, for the, and then second is for those who are saved, how do I please the Lord and stay the course? Our walk with God must be done with endurance, but also with the ultimate form of enjoyment. When reading the Psalms of David, he went through the trials that were vicious beyond most and that we hear about in life, yet he still praised God through song and prayer. It was proof of one who, uh, of, of who we are and who God is. We are his children. He is our father. We are his dependents. He is our provider. We are his creation. He is our creator. We are adored by him and he is everything to us. And like I mentioned before, we all have a story, a testimony of what God does for us and recently for me. And I was having a rough day not too long ago. It was a little while back, you know, and trials and frustrations hit me as much as anyone else on a day of sadness. You know, I, on a day of sadness, I went to pray in this park that I go to often. And at the back of this park is a hill. With, with many hiking trails. And on that hill, I was facing westward in prayer, watching the sunset. And in, a dis- in the distance about two miles away was a floating heart-shaped balloon coming in my direction. And I could see it and guess the distance because it was as clear as can be out. And uh, as I was watching, it kept coming into my direction. And I was the only one in the park. No one was there that late afternoon walking the trails, and uh, I was the only one out there. And it kept coming in my direction, and then that balloon descended and landed about 50 feet in front of me, right in the midst of some trees and greenery. 
And I just kind of smiled and thought to myself that God is good. I told my pastor friend of the church that I attend during the week as we were having dinner together at his house about that time on the hill. And he asked me what I thought it meant. And what I said was, well, I was the only one out there. And it was about two miles northwest as it floated in my dire- right in my direction, right to me. And I quoted what Christ said, that not even a bird falls from the sky without my father knowing, and even something like that of a heart-shaped balloon coming to me without human guidance was not by mistake. Even something like that is by his allowance. It's not the only time I prayed for something in my hardest times that something happened or someone came into my presence. He simply reminds us that he is watching and he hears and cares about what we're going through. But when we spend that time with him in worship, whether in collective worship in the church, uh, in the church bodies, or in, in one-on-one time with God, he recognizes that, and the time spent doing that is priceless. It's, it's priceless quality time that is unmatched. And we are reminded... We're reminded in the Gospels when Jesus was at the house with the two sisters, Mary and Martha. And Martha, you know, Martha was all over the place. She was busy as can be, as as while Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, just spending that quality time with him. And Martha, you know, was frustrated. She comes in and tells the Lord, she actually tells the Lord, tell my sister Mary to get up and help in, in, in his response. His response was, Martha. He said it three times. Martha, 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 you worry about much. Yet Mary is doing what is pleasing because I will not be in here much longer. We can be so concerned about doing things in the kingdom that we end up missing the king when Christ comes to be with us. We worship him and he receives it when we receive him. Every loving parent loves to hear how much they're loved, and 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 God just is so pleased to hear uh, to hear that He is so pleased to have you. You know, He's here. He's pleased to hear that as well. He's pleased to have you. How would you like to have Christ, Jesus, as your Father, to spend that time with Him in eternity? That's the that's the question, right? How would you like to have a Father? No matter, no matter what kind of father you had on earth, maybe you didn't have one growing up. Maybe you had the, great, the greatest dad who did everything with you. But unfortunately, none of those could compare to the loving father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He loves us. He died for us. And he wants us with him. And... God has no grandchildren. (laughs) We're all his. And he wants to invite us to be with him for all eternity. He died for us, so that way we, we would have that. Why would we not worship him? We are so obsessed with certain things in life. We have our hobbies. We might be obsessed with sports. We might be obsessed with with television shows. We might be obsessed with other people. 
What in the world has any of those actually done for us to the point of obsession? None of those things willingly died to give us eternal life. None of those things actually care about us to know what we're going through or what we need on a daily basis. He does. And and so again, may we remember who our Father is. May we remember what He did. Read the Bible. Read the whole book of, of the Bible. And know our Father But in order to know Him, you have to be of Him first. I want to give the opportunity for you to say a prayer. And it's a prayer of of accepting the Lord Christ Jesus in your heart as Lord and Savior. So if you believe, and if you felt the Holy Spirit speak to you, I want to invite you to, to receive Him. He's been calling for you. He's been wanting you for a long time. And tomorrow's never guaranteed. So please, if you're hearing this, don't wait. It's time. Say this prayer after me. Dear God, please forgive me. Please forgive me of all of my sins. I confess to you, Lord, that I am a sinner. And I thank you for cleansing me of my sins, Lord. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask, Lord, that you would receive me when my time comes, Lord. As I am now, Father, a child of yours. Father, I receive you in my heart as Lord and Savior and my Father, Lord. May we walk together for the rest of our days, Lord. And I thank you for having me, Lord, as I now have you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, again, I always pray that... uh, that that prayer was said in truth. Because, again, there's, there's nothing better than having the Lord. So, as this message comes to a close, you know, may we remember that not all are called to teach. Not all are called to administrate. Not all are called to lead or called to counsel. But all are called to worship. And when everyone comes together from all aspects and callings to worship Him. That is in, that, you're in good company because the Lord will be amongst you. May God bless you and keep you always.